I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Welcome to Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. You may know me as Preteen Abby from Days of Our Lives or the mean karaoke girl Haley in the Victorious movie Freak the Freak Out. Or maybe you're a horror fan and know me from Alien Abduction. Whichever way you found me, I'm sure glad you did. I've spent over 20 years as an actor, which is basically my entire life. And I've had some great experiences and made even greater friends along the way. Through all my long talks about the business with my friends, I've noticed we all have a shared connection, that one story of that big project that got away. So I had the idea to start a podcast about a year ago where we can all share our epic and heartbreaking stories. And since we're all going a little mad during the stay-at-home orders, I figured now would be the best time to start it. I have a few of these heart-wrenching stories myself, but I'll save that for a later episode and a couple bottles of wine. If you're wondering why the show is called Thanks for Coming In, as an actor, you go to several auditions um, to book roles in TV shows and films and plays and what have you, video games now, I guess, as well. Um, And a lot of times when you're done auditioning, you've done your scenes and they've asked you all the questions or you've read on the scene, the casting director will tell you, thanks for coming in. It's kind of just a generic thing that they say. That doesn't mean that you didn't book the role. doesn't mean that you're not going to get a callback. It's just what you hear as an actor a lot. So when I was sitting 
thinking about this podcast, I thought, what is something that I always hear in auditions? And thanks for coming in was the number one thing that came to mind. So to kick off our first episode, I'd like to welcome my good friend and colleague, Eric Martzoff. You know Eric as Brady from Days of Our Lives and Ethan from Passions. Everyone give a warm welcome to Eric. Hello, Jillian Claire. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Are you at home quarantining? I'm bored off my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm very, very bored. But, But it's a beautiful day outside. Um, I was yes. able to go swimming. I was able to kind of hang out outside. I played basketball with my boys for a little while. Aww. So life is okay, you know, but I'm a, you know me, I'm a, I'm a social guy. I like to have people around me. So this is, this is hard for yeah. me to try to transition into this world, but I feel you. I'm a, I'm a workaholic. It's really hard for me to be at home. Hence starting a podcast because what the heck else am I supposed to do with my time? You start a podcast. Yeah, you you start a podcast. I've tried to write and like, you know, get inspired and all that stuff. But it's just it's so hard for me to stay concentrated in that headspace right now. I don't know why. Something to do with all this anxiety going around. But probably. But it also probably has a little bit to do with. I mean, what do you what what do you write about? I mean, it's it's experiences. It's things you you come across and feel in the world. And right now, what are you going to do? Write a show about, you know, eating peanut butter and jelly and and binge watching Netflix, you know, right. <laughs> I'm sure there's a story in there somewhere, but it, I don't know. I find the best stories come from living life and being out there and having things happen to you. And right now, besides a tele- Peloton bike and some vodka. Oh my gosh. You know, it. I actually looked up a Peloton earlier just because I was curious. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> Lisa's got one. We got one in the house here. Really? Is it as yeah. great as everybody says? It's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And when I when really? I say that, I, I mean uh, I sit and watch Lisa bike on it, and it's just awesome to watch her, watch her on. The- Sorry, I just got this hysterical image of you watching your wife on the Peloton. I just I just sit here and watch her. It's very strange. It's better than once you've watched creepy. everything on TV. Why not watch your wife? You know, try to fumble through. No, she doesn't fumble through. She's actually great on the. Peloton. I was gonna say she kicks ass. Yeah, she's pretty good on it. I tried but to I, take one of her, you know, classes and felt like I was going to die. And I, that was the oh, yoga class. Right. That was the easy thing. She's she's a little tough, you know. It's yeah. not, it's not for the weary, but she uh, she it's not it's not any easygoing thing. She makes you work for your uh, for your for your whatever you work want to call for it. that sweat, work for the yeah. pain, work for your perspiration. I want to um, have you kind of tell everybody how you got into acting and what got you mm-hmm. to where you are now in your career. So let's start at the beginning. Let's go back to baby Marts off. When did you know you wanted to be an actor? Oh, wow. Um, it goes, it goes back pretty far. I wasn't one of those four or five year old kids that all of a sudden needed to perform. I was actually in uh, middle school and it was, it was around seventh or eighth grade. That's when I started kind of, uh, uh, getting the bug for it, but it was basically just because I wanted to hang out with uh, the beautiful girls. And this is a this I think this is a common story with a lot of guys. But um, <laughs> I just I, I wasn't I wasn't the coolest cat in 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 school growing up. But I had this giant crush on this one girl, and I knew that she was going to be in the uh, the musical. But I was a jo- I was kind of a jock at the time. I, I played sports. No, you. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did. I played soccer and <laughs> football and all those things and. And a bunch of the guys pretty much dared me just to try out. They're like, listen, man, if you want to hang out with her after school, 
that's where she's going to be, be in the musical. And they like rehearse till 10 at night sometimes. And I was like, wow. Yeah, that's, that could be some good alone time. Oh, my God. So this I, sounds like a rom-com. Yeah. Well, what it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like Glee. I mean, when Glee came yeah. out and it's all about the football player, it's like gets caught in the shower singing. Like, you should try it. It's kind of my story, which is going to lead us into the real story that we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, into the other but, story in a bit. In any case, it's not too far off. I, I did audition. I sang like the Star Spangled Banner, something ridiculous, laughing the whole way through it. <laughs> and uh, I was cast. I was, I was cast as Danny Zuko in the production of Grease. And I oh, freaked out. Oh, wow. Grease was your first thing that you did? Grease, Grease was basically my, that was my leading role. Yeah. I had had a small part in a show prior to that. But that was that was the big one for me that made me fall in love with performance and Aww. i never got the girl so she and i never dated uh but uh but you that fell in okay. love in a different way <laughs> yeah i didn't get the girl but i got the i got the bug for the career and and that's what i did you know long story short i went to school to be a lawyer because i didn't think you know acting was a real profession in any or anything that i was going to do a kid from pennsylvania is not going to be an actor but Went to school, got my degree, and uh, right before I went to law school, I was like, I'm just going to go to New York and kick it around for just a year. Just just, just a year. Get out mm -hmm. of my system. That's, and, that's uh, what they all say. Yeah. And, and, my, and my parents were supportive. They, they, they said, Eric, just follow your heart, man. And yeah, we, we see you light up on that stage. You, you love doing that. And my father even told me, he said, Eric, honestly, you don't need to be a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. And I do it because I, it's a good living for my family, but I don't enjoy going to work on a Monday morning. And Aww. if you enjoy going to work on a Monday morning, if you get excited on Sunday night, I get to go to work, then stay with that. No matter how unstable or how ridiculous it may sound, that that's a winning combination. And that's always stuck with me because I still to this day enjoy going to those that studio in Burbank and, and doing mm -hmm. Days of Our Lives. Every, every Monday morning, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing about being an actor is like if you have that bug, if you have that fire in you to be an actor, it's it's all you can think about. And it's all you want to do. Yeah. And I, I, I never really. It's a, curse. Uh, <laughs> it's a total curse. It's a curse. It's a blessing, but it's a curse. <laughs> um, I don't believe in having a plan B either. That's that's probably kind of weird. But no, I, I get having, it. Having that plan B means that you can rest on that. And you can always just eh, cash it in and forget about it. But not having a plan B makes me work even harder to strive for what I want in the career that I've chosen. And that's scary. And that's nerve wracking, especially when you got a family. But I'm not going to go back to law school. That is not something I'm going to do. I can't picture myself being in a courtroom arguing. I don't know. Unless you're an actor no. in a courtroom arguing, because then you have like major readiness. You already know. What to do? Well, which is hilarious because I, my first TV role was Ethan Crane on Passions, who was a lawyer. See? The stars aligned. You were supposed to go to college so that you could portray Ethan on Passions. That's what exactly. it was all for. Well, it's even weirder, Jillian. I don't even I don't even know if you know this story, but one of the reasons I got a test for Ethan was because I said the word precedent correctly during the uh, audition. Stop it. Apparently the other actors didn't know how to say it. Oh, no. Apparently I'm, I'm in the middle of the thing and I'm all nervous and, uh, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, Teresa, the precedent, <laughs> I said it the wrong way, the precedent <laughs> of the case. And then Jackie Brisky, she stopped me. She was the casting at the time. And she said, Eric, I just want to thank you 
for saying precedent. You have no idea how many boys have come through here today and said precedent and precedent and precedent. Pre- all this crap. Oh and my I God. said, well, maybe it's my great education I got, you know, in pre-law at Dickinson College. She's like, wait a minute, what? You were going to be a lawyer? And that was the audition. We started talking. Oh my gosh. Forget the script, forget the dialogue. And she looked at me and she went, I like you. I'm going to test you tomorrow. Wow. I called up my dad and I said, dad, I know I'm never going to be that lawyer, but uh, I may have just landed a TV gig as a result of the education that you got me. So that's cool. Yeah. Hey, come in handy for something. Yeah. It got, got you a, your start. I went like the, you know, the the road less traveled to get where I am, but I mean it it, it worked I out. I mean, you know, whatever whatever floats your boat, whatever gets you where you need to go. So passions, that was like the first big thing that you did, right? The first big leading role that you got for TV. Yeah, that was that was the one. I'd been working at Universal Studios. I was in like uh seven shows over there as a performer and uh, I was actually in Spider-Man Rocks, the stunt show. I was in. I was one of the Green Goblins, and we were in tech, so we hadn't really opened yet. And I got that call on my Motorola flip phone. Remember that thing, the black <laughs> one with the gold lettering Motorola? Yeah, I had. I had antenna. one of the Razor flip phones. It was yeah, pink. the Razor. <laughs> Either had the Razor or the Motorola, and that thing went off and. I lifted up my mask. I was about to go out on the goblin glider or whatever for a, a rehearsal. And they said, you are uh, wanted at uh, Radford Studios tomorrow. You're the new Ethan Crane. And so oh, go. And I took my mask off and I went downstairs and that glider came out with smoke and pyro <laughs> and all this stuff. And there was no goblin on it. <laughs> and they stopped They're like, what's going? What's wrong? And I come, I come down uh, stage left. I'll never forget. And I looked at Michael Laughlin, the entertainment director, and he just mouthed the words to me. He knew I was up for the part. And he just, he was like, "Did you get it? Did you get it?" And I went, "Yeah, I got it." And he, and he just looked at me and shook his head. He's like, "Get out of here. Enjoy. Go, buddy. Aww. You know, just supportive." And uh, that was that was that was how I got passions. That's that's a crazy story. One and. That's something I also love about this industry is that when you're up for something that's bigger than what you're currently doing, everyone kind of supports you on it and is like, oh, wow, that's that's going to happen to you? Okay, great. They, go do they that. Slow, they slow clapped me out of there. Not my whole cast. Ah. And it was full. That cast at the time was really full of some amazing uh, uh, Leslie Margarita, who is now a bona fide uh, Broadway star. Yeah. Uh, was in that. I mean, everybody that was in that cast at the time has gone on to do really, really wonderful things and were so talented, but they, they clapped my ass out of there. It wasn't like, oh, come on, man. It was, right. we were all, we're all rooting for each other. And I, I'd like to think that that still exists, you know, out there that, I mean, I, I had my, one of my best friends in the world is on This Is Us, you know, my, my buddy, Justin, who I did with. And, you know, when you get over the fact of, oh man, that would have been a good one to have. I could have done that role. But if I'm not doing it, who would I rather have do it in this whole world? My friend. So you you gotta you gotta be supportive when, when your buddies and when your girlfriends and they, when they get gigs, it's okay. It's better off right. that they you know. Well, and you have to kind of adapt that what's meant for you will come to you feeling because if you don't have that in this industry, you're gonna drive yourself mad. I know that I have yeah. a couple stories that. If I hadn't like gotten past that at this point, I would have quit and I would have gone to do something different because you have to kind of just be able to separate what you didn't get from what you're still trying to go for. 
I couldn't agree with you more. That is that is the key. You have to be okay with the word no. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Oh, God. No, that no, that word. No, no. Just no. Go right up Next. Your no, no. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> so that brings me to your story. Now, you, I had originally asked you to share a story, and then you were like, yeah, but I have this one that's different and cooler. And I was like, okay, well, let's do that one instead. So <laughs> what, what is your thanks for coming in story? Well, let me, I'll, I'll just, I'll give you the first one that we had planned because it's a quickie. Okay. I'll make it very quick. I promise. Okay. Uh, it's, it's one of the ones that got away. I would, I would put it in that, that classification. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, uh, Robert Ulrich, who is a uh, casting director here in town, great guy. And his mother, not his mother, his wife, Kim Ulrich played my mother on passions. So hmm. he knew of me passions had, uh, had ended. I believe passions had ended at the time. And he calls me up and he says, Eric, uh, I got this pilot on my desk here and I'm thinking that you'd be right for it. It's probably not going to go anywhere. It's really weird. It's about a glee club. <laughs> and I was like, God, they're really oh, no. stretching for topics to do pilots. All right. Glee club. Really? I think they make a show out of that. He's like, I don't know, but I know that you sing. Cause I've seen you sing at those, at the Christmas parties for passions and stuff. And I don't know. You want to give it a shot. I was like, sure. And I went to the first call, got through, went to mm-hmm. the second call, went the whole way down mm-hmm. and the, to the final call. And it was myself, Matthew Morrison, who eventually got the role of the teacher in Glee. And I think it was like three other guys, maybe three other guys. But but the tough part about the story is that I thought my audition I just rocked. I went in there. I sang Under the Boardwalk which has, oh, I did all these nice. high falsetto things. And I, I felt like I was just in the groove and there was a long table and Ryan Murphy was right at the center. And oh. Ryan Murphy at the time was not that well known. So I didn't Right, know because was. Glee was really the thing that brought him to fame. That blew him up. Uh, and I got done with my song and I was just feeling comfy and I did it. And heck if that guy didn't stand up and give me a standing ovation. Hmm. And, and the others kind of followed suit and they just, yeah, yeah, yeah all right. And I mean, I just felt like I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. And of course, bag. I, didn't, I didn't get it. So you walk out completely confident and I didn't get it. So that's, that's my little glee story. And I later, only later would I realize that that show so emulated, um, your life, my, my, my progress in the, in the industry and how it happened yeah. for me. It was in school. It was the whole you know, hey man, you're a football player, but why don't you join the choir? No, choir's for weirdos. And I realized <laughs> that I'm one of those weirdos. And I and and we're all weirdos, and it doesn't matter. That should be the uh, slogan for actors now. We're all weirdos, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't. So that that's my little oh, story. I'll leave it at there. Yeah. Yeah. But that's you, you that's a tough hear, one. Uh, you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You want to hear an even more interesting one? Yes, please. Okay. give it Because I, I, I knew about the Glee one, so you got you to gotta give me this one. I haven't heard this. And by the way, for everybody listening, I've known Eric since I was like 12 years old. Yes. So it's, it's pretty crazy <laughs> that he has a story that I don't know. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to hear this. All right, this this will be fun then. Okay, I'll try I'll try to set it up. It's a little fuzzy. It was a long time ago. I mean, well, no, that was pretty pretty long ago. So, <laughs> uh, I'm 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 with a manager at the time. I was with Brooke Bundy with Monster Management or whatever. I don't even think I had an agent, but she was able to get me this uh, audition for this uh, comic book movie or something. They were gonna make this movie out of X Men. No, oh I didn't God. at the time. I was like, okay, another <laughs> X Men. Like, well, come on. Even the name is it's just ridiculous. This isn't gonna go. Oh, no. And at the time, it was like summertime, and I think I put some lemon juice in my hair. I was, I was like, an, <laughs> like Lisa and I were just goofing around. We we're like, just at the pool all day, and like throwing stuff in our hair, and like I had like, oh, this God. blonde streak going through my head or something. I don't know. Did you have just like Justin going, Timberlake hair? It was maybe something like that. Yeah. Okay. I had some blonde something going. I just okay. remember having a streak in my head. <laughs> I need a picture like, of this. More like Stripe from Gremlins. I think that's what I looked like. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I go in and read for this thing, and I'm, I'm kind of sitting there. I'm kind of a cocky younger kid. I'm just like, oh, whatever. I'm reading this. It was for the role of Cyclops. Mm. And the way, the way the breakdown was was that this movie was going to be centered around Cyclops. He is the guy. He's the leader of the X-Men. Oh the whole movie is about him, period. And I'm going oh, no. out for the main dude. First read, I get a call back. I get a second call back. I think I got like a third call back. And then I was told that I'm going to be testing with the with the goggles that Cyclops wears, the the eyewear uh, at, at studios. I believe it was Fox at the time. Wow. And now I'm getting excited. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a superhero. This is going to be great. I'm going to be a freaking <laughs> superhero movie star. Maybe the, maybe this movie will do well. I don't know. Hopefully it will. Maybe. Who knows? So Who cares I do about X-Men? <laughs> I do the screen test. I don't remember seeing James Marsden there, who eventually became Cyclops in that series. Mm. Um, but I knew it was, it, was, it was only a couple guys. And I went back. And a couple days later, we're waiting. We're waiting to hear. Uh, my manager calls me up. She's like, um, I have bad news. I'm like, no, 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 don't oh, no. tell me. She's like, yeah, listen, 
it's really has it has nothing to do with you, which agents love to tell you, right? Nothing to oh, do with yeah, you. that's a famous line. The problem is, is that they found this guy and they want to recenter the whole movie around him. And I was like, what do you what do you mean they found a new guy? Who? What? Like a new Cyclops? And they were like, no, they found this guy named Hug Jackman. No. And they found him doing singing Oklahoma in, I believe he was singing uh doing uh, Oklahoma in Canada. He was oh doing the bright God. orange days on the meadow, whatever that that role was. And that's where he that's where they got him from. No way. And they, bas- they basically said to me, they decided to make the whole movie around Wolverine as opposed to Cy- Cyclops is going to come become a secondary character. And this is crazy. And they said, apparently, because your physique is similar to Hugh. I was I was really jacked up at the time and big. I was like 25 pounds heavier. Just I was I was a maniac. Um, they said, you're too similar to this guy. oh no so they want to make cyclops a s- smaller in stature to wolverine so they went with another guy who oh was my gosh yeah that's that's oh that, that hurts. was the tough one and then of course you watch i mean through the years this thing becomes the biggest franchise and it launched hugh jackman and hugh jackman who i adore and think is incredible he has gone on to do everything that i feel like i could do and i mean everything from broadway to the superhero stuff but he's also done some great dramatic work but he i mean he was in lay biz he, he, the boy mm-hmm. from oz all or these like the I'm greatest like, oh. showman something that i could totally see you in exactly it's we all have that one guy or that one girl that is doing everything that we feel like is in our wheelhouse and the the trick is to not hold on to that and be upset about it but that going. story keep is going. crazy, Eric. Oh my gosh. I've never told you that before. That that one's wild because it's not even like you lost the role to somebody else necessarily, like that specific role. It was because somebody else in a different role came in and you were too similar to that. I mean, oh my lord. I mean, you know how often our our agents and our managers, they always look at us. They say, "Listen, do your best, do yeah. your job because there's 6,000 reasons why you may or may not get this job." And oh, yeah. one of them might be your ability everything else is you know in the well universe. you can't help yeah and i this mean that, a lot of it has to do with look that's what i've heard my entire life well that's essentially yeah that's what it came down to i mean that i they, they thought that i looked a little too much like q jackman which is fine with me <laughs> yeah it's great to look like uh, q jackman yeah. i also like, like thanks, that she said hug no hug yeah, jackman hug. i'll never forget that she's like hug I'm like, I, th- I think it's hugh hug no it's hug hug jackman, hug jackman. What a name. <laughs> Can you imagine being yeah. named Hug? No. No. <laughs> I should have named my twins Hug Hug and Kiss. That'd be, that'd be cute. Oh, my God. That would have been so cute. Yeah. Don't do it. But that's cute. When they realize what I did to them. It's like, did you see Elon Musk? He recently named his newborn child like XAE7 something. Like, it's oh, numbers and letters. He named him like R2D2 or something. Basically. And his, uh, I don't know if they're married. I'm I'm not quite sure about his life, but um, the person that he had the baby with <laughs> had posted the meaning of the name, and everybody was just like, wait, you were serious? That's the actual name you're going with that? It's bizarre. I can't. I mean, when, when Prince became a sign, that was one thing, but really naming your kid with like letters and numbers, like it's some barcode. Yeah, it's kind eh. of weird. A little really bit weird. Really oh, bad. man, that story's crazy. Did you like that one? I liked it a lot. 
It's awful, but I love it. <laughs> and I mean, there's been other instances of just losing out on things that you realize were, were bigger than you thought they were going to be. But every every actor in this town has one of those stories. 100%. You know, they, That's why I wanted really to start did. this, because I feel like everyone that I talk to, we all have these stories of these like, oh, I almost made it, yep. but I didn't. <laughs> Because somebody else got it. Yeah, but I didn't. Uh, but I love the stories. I think it's interesting. You can beat yourself up about those lost opportunities, but it's just, I mean, I what, what I have now, I could have done the movie and maybe it wouldn't have been as successful. And then as a result, mm-hmm. I never would have, you know, I, 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 I appreciate my soap career so much more now than I did, you know, back in the beginning. I, uh, do I still have aspirations and, and ambition beyond daytime TV? Of course, I really do. But at the end of the day, it's a beautiful, stable job. And and NBC yeah. has you know, cradled me for the last, between passions and days, for the last 18, wait, 18 years? Six, well, especially yeah. when you have a family to think about. It's, it's a great job for an actor who still needs to provide. And uh, acting is yeah. such a strange profession to choose and you never know when you're going to get your next job or when that next paycheck is going to come in if you're just only doing you know guest star roles and commercials and all that it's such an iffy life to lead yeah it's 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 tough but at the same time i uh i think that it gives me the opportunity to not only be with my kids at dinner every night at 5 30 we don't shoot past 4 30 so I'm in the car. Really? You know, at the latest we go is is four thirty. I don't so, remember what time. I I only remember on days of our lives that I like had to be there super early sometimes because Francis was there that day. I think the earliest call time we have these days is probably. I think some of the ladies have to come in at five thirty, five forty five. But my so earliest early. is like six thirty. We start taping at eight thirty, and we have a hard out at four thirty, which means like I can have some semblance of a life when I was on passions we we would go to like you know 11 at night but those days are over because they don't want to pay the crew longer than they have to so it's just hurry up hurry up and we're doing two episodes sometimes three in that period of time which you guys are really cranking them out over there now well we had seven months in the can it turns out that was a good idea given what's happened now we're the, we're the only soap left that has original content to air. I was thinking about that because, you know, my mom watches General Hospital still and they're adding in like a bunch of flashbacks to kind of extend yeah. what they have. And like, well, I bet Days is completely fine because they film months in advance. We still, I mean, hell, we, we, we could probably go till October and be fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're looking pretty smart right now. Like we knew it was coming, but we didn't. Well, I am so thankful that you shared your story with me because those were both great to... stories. And hey, you did end up getting to be a superhero because you were Booster Gold. See, see, it all it worked all out. It all worked out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I didn't make as much money as, as Hugh did no. on X-Men, but you know, it, that money isn't everything. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm it's, a member... hug. it's Hug Hug, Jackman? sorry. Hug yeah. Jackman. <laughs> I'm a member <laughs> of uh, the DC universe. and You are. Yeah. That can never be taken away from me. Heck no. You are Booster Gold. I, I say that there should be a Booster Gold movie. Well, yeah. Aren't they running out Oops. of heroes right now? Like I They are. The I mean, I did not get a movie or a show. I mean, it's time. <laughs> of course, nowadays, I'd, well, I'd probably be his dad at this point. I'd probably have to be like Booster Platinum or something. No, no. They'll just use that, um, that 
AI stuff that they're using on people now to make you look younger. I, I saw what, what's the movie that was on Netflix with De Niro and Pesci, the brand new one. They oh, the Irishman. They 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 de-aged uh, De Niro yeah. as well, and uh, I mean it was pretty great. It was pretty awesome. I mean, it's it, pretty cool, but like sometimes it looks like an Instagram filter, and you're like, what's happening? Yes, <laughs> at certain <laughs> small points, the light hits it just right, and you're like, yeah, ooh, that looks like the kid from Polar Express. <laughs> Like it just looks a little. Is that a mannequin? Oh no, it's a man. Okay. Oh yeah, my they goodness. They look a little doughy, little little shiny and gooey. And it's like, <laughs> so you have you have your own podcast too, right? Podcasts for dummies. I have. I have uh, four dummies. The podcast that's it's still going strong. Good. And I I interview the authors uh, once a week of of the books. And so, I mean, selfishly, I love it because I I literally have educated myself on so many topics that I never would have even shown an interest in and in that's 30 so minutes fun. it's like school it's like cliff notes I mean these experts they're going to give you the lowdown on the whole book in less than 30 minutes and it's great because it's just like bullet point bullet point and yeah I have much more to talk about at cocktail parties now because I'm <laughs> you know all of how to do subject. everything yeah, I can do everything. <laughs> You're like, do you know how to open a locked door with a credit card? Because I do. I can tell you. All you got to do is scratch off the first two numbers and stick it in. I forget. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And where um, where can you listen to that? Is that on like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff? Where Yeah, it's on Apple. Uh, uh, it's pretty much everywhere. Just Just look for Four Dummies, the podcast. And I appreciate you pimping that out for me. Of course, gotta gotta yeah, pimp these, out your friends a little bit. That's what the business great. is and this, for, right? And this was a lot of fun. I think you're. I think you're gonna. I can't wait to hear the stories that are gonna be rolling in that people are gonna have because they're. I'm just pretty stoked great. on it. Yeah, they're fun to tell too. They're fun to it's, tell. And I feel like you know people love movie trivia. You know what? Really, I had wanted to do this about a year ago, and I just didn't have the time because I was working on to the beat two and a bunch of other stuff and. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there last week on my couch watching this Back to the Future documentary, and um, they talked about how Eric Stoltz was Marty McFly for six weeks yes. before getting fired. And I was like, Isn't that amazing? What? I lost my shit. I was like, Are you kidding me? This guy was Marty McFly for six weeks. It's and you crazy can't even to me. It. You, 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 no. you, the idea of that is crazy. It's bizarre. Like, I cannot see that happening. in our heads in that role. I know. I hear you. It's it's crazy. So when I watched that last week, I was like, you know what? I just gotta I gotta get my act together and do this because these stories are crazy. They're they're rampant. They're all over the place. Because not none of these roles were just handed easily over. I mean, probably some word to some agencies, yeah. <laughs> but you know, in the grind, in the trenches, you know, these roles are earned and they're always competed for. And there's there's people that didn't get it that came really damn close and it's true. It's it's, it's well, fun and a, to think a lot of average people that. don't know that you know, as an actor, when you're getting a big role like that, you've usually gone in like six times plus a test deal, and if there's singing involved, you have a recording contract, you have all this other yep. stuff that you have to do as well. It's it's a long, drawn out, and painful process if you don't get it. It's not a sprint. It's a total marathon, and no no good no good role is gotten easily. No. And, uh, I've learned that over the years, but hey, like hey. Tom Hanks said in uh, League of Their Own, it's supposed to be hard. It's the hard that makes it great. Oh, okay. that's that's good. I'm glad that you know that quote offhand. I like the movie. 
I like it's Tom a good Hanks. movie. <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, thank you for joining me. Where can people find you on the social medias? E R I C M A R T S O L F. I always have that L in there that's never pronounced, but I think I'm going to start pronouncing it. I think it's time. It should be. It should be Eric Martzolf. Martzolf. <laughs> just, I know it sounds kind of funny. Martzolf. Martzolf. I maybe I won't. Maybe I'll rethink that. I, I think we uh, should leave it alone. <laughs> it's at Eric Martzolf everywhere that's instagram Great. twitter yeah come and come and come and find me i'm doing some really weird things these days as, <laughs> as everybody is i'm running yeah. out of things Going a little crazy <laughs> yeah thank you so much for having me this was this yes was thank you eric so much for coming on and um i i hope that you have a good quarantine i don't, I don't know what to say i mean i would say <laughs> like have fun at work but you know we don't know have fun on your couch have eating fun, your Cheetos. Doing Enjoy. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dang thanks that. so much, bud. You bet. Bye. Bye. Well, that was super fun. I love that guy. I'm so thankful he was my first guest. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. New episodes every Thursday. It's been a pleasure and thanks for coming in. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H Y P E R T H E T I C A L.